Hello again and welcome to another episode of Real Talk with RJ. If this is your first time listening, please don't forget to like and subscribe and follow so you know exactly when we release brand new episodes. Also, don't forget to share this episode. If you like what you hear, please share it with everyone you know. The focus of this episode is going to be talking about are double standards ever okay? We often hear the phrase, do as I say, not as I do. You know, we, I'm sure just about every one of us have heard or seen a dentist tell us smoking's bad, smoking's bad, smoking's bad. And then we catch them outside on their break or something like that, just lighting up a cigarette and smoking. So it kind of sucks to see that example, you know, telling you something like that. But maybe he's actually or he or she is actually giving us a word of advice from experience. Because lots of people try to say, you know what, don't do that because I've done it and I failed. <clears throat> Now, this episode is going to be different uh, on my than my podcast in the in, or excuse me, my episodes in the previous, because uh, I never have guests on besides people who are actually right here with me. But this episode, I'm going to be having some uh, some guests who are interested in joining me on this on my episode today, and I want to hear their opinions. I want to hear their feedback. So I'm going to have some guests who are going to be calling in or uh, reaching out to me and. If they feel comfortable, we'll be able to discuss some of the different double standards that they heard and some of the different situations. <clears throat> because I want to focus on double standards because I think the world is definitely warped right now, especially when it comes down to the concept of double standards. Like in in today's society, if a white person so much as utters a word that can be taken as a racial term, immediately they are branded as a racist. Immediately they're branded as a bigot. They're this and that and this and that, and they can lose their jobs and any other associations that they have or anything like that. It's not fair because me as a black man, I have seen time and time again, members of my own racial community who would use, like be really quick to, uh, to use a racial term and nobody will say, oh, that person's a bigot or that person's racist. I have heard with my own ears and seen with my own eyes an individual who happened to have a problem with someone who happened to be white, and the first thing out of that, uh, out of the the and the out of the black person's mouth that was involved in that situation, was "I will kick your white blah 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 blah." Before it's pretty safe to assume that this this white individual was not seeing the color of the skin of the individual they just had a problem with the person but race was introduced by by the person who happened to be black but nobody said anything about that black person being racist that's my that's my point double standards aren't okay racism is racism what regardless of the color of skin you have and it's not okay it's not okay to sit there and and be racist in one hue of skin and and it's okay to be racist and other hue of skin. Because I hear people trying to justify it and saying, well, you know what? We were slaves for 400 years and, and this and this. And we're just getting our get backs. First of all, let me just, you know, let me just let you know a, a, a well-hidden secret. If you actually do the research, and I have done this research, and believe me, it's it just blew my mind when I discovered this. Back in the slavery times, there were almost as many black slave owners as there were white slave owners. In fact, some of the black slave owners were some of the most ruthless slave owners on American soil. There are lawsuits, like the first slave lawsuit was actually between a black slave owner and his slave. But the reason why it didn't go anywhere is because at that time, of course, you know, black uh, blacks were not allowed to actually speak in court. So it, it went nowhere, but it was filed by a black slave owner. Also, there were also white slaves. A lot of people didn't know that, but there were also white slaves. Of course, the majority were not that. The majority were black slaves, but the first slaves on American soil were Native Americans. The Native Americans knew the land, knew how to navigate, they knew how to get away, they knew how to travel. So it was harder to keep tabs on keeping Native American slaves. They kept escaping. So when the Portuguese and the Spanish were actually out there saying, are uh, using these African slaves. It was interesting because the, the British settlers, the European settlers that were here saw them and go, oh, wow, what are those? Those guys look different. And they say, well, they're Africans. We got them from the continent Africa. So they started trading with the Portuguese and the Spanish. And the word that they were called was Negro in Portuguese and Negro in Spanish, which mean black. 
the both words legitimately have legitimately have the same exact meaning. So when the uh, European settlers started bringing them over here, they called them Negras, and then the word evolved into the N word. That's actually how the N word was founded. And it's just it's sad because people automatically equivocate racism with white people. But contrary to popular belief, that is not 100% true. There are details to that that are being omitted. Back in Africa, white settlers were not just going to Africa and kidnapping a bunch of Africans and saying, we're going to take you wherever we want to. That's not how it was. In fact, there were other African tribes that were dominating weaker tribes, kidnapping them and selling them to slavery. So Africans were selling Africans and they were trading these slaves with other continental settlers. That's how slavery of Africans started. People weren't kidnapping us that weren't from Africa. Our ancestors were kidnapped from there. Now, I use that as a sidebar to, to, because that's causing a massive delusion that we're, that people who are happen to be black who are using these racial terms and saying, oh, well, I'm retaliating because of racism, because of slavery of our ancestors being enslaved for 400 years. I just think it's BS because nobody alive today has ever been a slave and nobody alive today has ever owned a slave, at least legally. I'm sure there are exceptions and people owning illegal slaves and stuff like that, but slavery is not legal in any American state or, or, or city or anything like that. But the fact is, is that double standards are not okay. And very often they're the result of ignorance. You know, do as I say, not as I do. And like, I'm, I'm hearing so many, like, I don't believe that I have the right to tell you what to do with your body. I'm a conservative. I know that there's a big touchy subject right now about the concept of abortion. In my personal opinion, if it were up to me, my opinion is that when in cases of uh, sexual assault or, or incest or where the mother's life is actually threatened, you know, would abortion be an okay thing? I believe that's up to that person. In my opinion, I believe that's up to that person. But I don't think it should be a law because remember, the First Amendment was the most important amendment. That's why it was number one. And freedom of religion is one of those things. So no, like there's no federal law out there that says that you have to fund my church. There's no federal law forcing you to pay extra taxes so that my church stays open. Every church is responsible for raising their own money to fund their own church, to keep the lights on, pay the bills and, you know, fulfill their mission statement. Yet there were federal laws in effect that were forcing people who are Christians who don't believe in abortion to fund abortion. There's a double standard there. There are lots of women out there who, I mean, I, to my understanding of statistics, the majority of women who have had abortions were not as a result of sexual assault, incest, or the life-threatening uh, status of the mother. In fact, the majority of those abortions were the result of women who thought that the pregnancy was an inconvenience or it was not something that they wanted. So they were deciding essentially to opt out. But very often when someone defends abortion, they often go to what is factually the minority of occurrences related to uh, to um, abortion. Now, if we're going to talk about not using a double standard, but using an equal standard, I think it should be equality across the board. I think that if a woman is has the right to opt out of being a mother, then a man should be able to do the same exact thing to opt out of a father, because it's interesting that the perspective is different. Society sees a woman who gets an abortion as, oh, she's brave. She did a very hard thing. She was She's sad she was forced to do this, even though I'm sure she didn't want to, blah, 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 and these other things. But if a man decides that he doesn't want to be a father, he's a deadbeat, he's sad, he's just—he's a pathetic waste of, it, of, it, of life, he's not a man, you know, all these different things that are going on. Like It's weird how the two separate, or there's two different perspectives for essentially the same thing. How many people out there have gotten pregnant over a one-night stand, but, you know, the woman's like, you know, I don't want to have a baby, so... I'm going to go get an abortion and because I don't want anything to do with this guy. And there it is. And then there's many situations where that's mutual. There's a number of situations where it's not, where the guy's like, look, you're pregnant. I, I want to have the kid. 
just give me the child. It, it's cool. You know, I'll take care of the kid. You don't have to worry about anything. I want the kid. And the woman would say, no, it's my body. It's my choice. And then she gets rid of the baby. And the man is just like, that sucks. You really stole something from me. I was really hoping to be a father. But now let's slow the rolls. All right, let's switch the rolls around. Now, the woman says, I'm pregnant and I'm going to have this child. And the guy's like, wait a minute. We, we're not even in a relationship. That was a one night fling. We had fun. You know, you told me you're on, uh, you had um, birth control or whatnot. You told me that you're safe. Everything was good. Like, I don't know what happened. We weren't planning on this. I don't want this child. She just goes, well, I'm going to have this child. And now she can go after him for child support. And the city will, she'll have the entire weight of the city pursuing this individual's money to do that. This individual is going to pay child support. His taxes or his tax returns are going to be, you know, uh, taken away. Parts of his check will be garnished if he refuses. So he can't go my money, my choice. He cannot opt out of being a father of a child he didn't want. So if we're going to talk about equality, I think it should be equal all the way. If a woman has the right to opt out, in my opinion, a man should be able to opt out of a child he doesn't want as well. Like it should be fair across the board. It shouldn't be one way in favor and then the other way it's not. And then also same thing. Like it, if the man wants a child, you know, if the woman has the right to say, I want this child, I'm going to raise it. Then the man should also have the same right and say, well, I want the child. You don't have to raise it. I'll raise it. I'll have full custody of the child. So you can go ahead. You give birth to the child. And once you give birth to the child, I get full custody. And then I'm going to come after you for child support. That's just being fair. If it works one way, it should work both ways, in my opinion. That's the danger of double standards, you see, is that it benefits one person and doesn't benefit the other. Again, I am confident that, I, I mean, I hate hearing about critical race theory. I hate hearing about it because in my opinion, it's a bunch of BS. And, and for those of you guys who are listening right now, please feel free to chime in. You know, if you want to talk about something, if you want to bring something up, tell me how you feel. Tell me your, your, your feedback on this. I definitely welcome it because I'm just seeing some, I'm calling a ball a ball and a strike a strike. And I just don't believe that every white person is inherently racist. I think that's BS because if you look at the Emancipation Proclamation, the act that freed the slaves, there's not a single black signature on that document. It's all white signatures. If you look at the Million Man March, or you look at all those people, you look at all those people out there and um, who are, or the, the Million Man March, you look at all the pictures out there, you're, they're full of pictures of whites walking side by side with blacks. Uh, Jackie Robinson was not put in Major League Baseball by a black man. It was a white man who stuck his neck out on the line to put this man in baseball and give him a chance. So I call BS on every white person being inherently racist. And I call it because you don't just inherently become racist. That is something you're taught. That is something you're taught by society or is taught by your parents or your people who influence you daily. That's not something you just do. Kids don't realize the color of their skins are different or that means anything. They play with each other until they're taught they're different. So that's why I'm, that's my big problem is that people are out there saying, oh, I want equal rights. I want equal rights. There's No, they don't. I've done the research on this and according to statistics, one in every crime committed is committed by a male or excuse me, uh, one of every crime, uh, one in five crimes is committed by a female. Yet in the state of California, there are, I believe, 34 prisons for men, and there are only two prisons for women. So according to my mathematics, it's supposed to be like five to seven prisons that should be established for women, but there's not. Women significantly do far less time than men do for the same exact crimes. I've known a number of women who committed crimes who um, who would talk to the their uh, talk to the judge and say, "Your Honor, I have a child. You know, uh, please forgive me. Um, I, I just I need to be there for my child. I'm just trying to provide." And the judge was like, "Okay, I'm going to put you on probation. You can go ahead and be there for your child, and um, we're going to let you loose." If a guy were to say that same thing in the same situation with like, I, Your Honor, I have a kid. You know, I'm just trying to provide for my kid. The judge is going to be like, nope, you should have thought about that before you committed the crime. 
and then he's going to lock them up. They'll do significantly more time for the same exact crimes than a woman would. We hear so often women talking about, oh, men are paid more than women for the exact same jobs. You know, there needs to be more women, more women in executive positions. But you don't hear women talking about equality, or excuse me, not, not women, you don't hear feminists. Because when feminists first came out, the movement was about equality, straight equality. Now it's superiority, and I don't support superiority in any instance because that's a double standard. It's about equality. You don't hear women arguing to be the persons inside manhole covers or sewers or crane operators or, you know, working the, the hard labor and construction where you're actually out there framing and building a house in the sun with no air conditioning. Women aren't fighting for those jobs. Those are men fighting for those jobs. Women aren't fighting for, you know, to get to be able to fight on the front line in infantry positions. And women don't want to have to, you know, uh, uh, register for the draft. Women love being women when it comes down to that. The government's like, we're going to send you to war. All men must get, you know, must register for the draft. You're going to be drafted. You're going to go to war whether you like it or not. Women are going to be like, oh, no, that's so sad. I'm sorry, though. No, no. I'm glad I don't have to do it. Men can't do that. Men refuse. We go to jail. We go to prison. And then we're blackwalled from anything else because we weren't patriots. So it doesn't seem like a lot of these quote-unquote feminists want equality. It seems like they want superiority, and superiority is a double standard that does nothing but hurt. I don't support any type of superiority. I don't support I don't support white supremacy. I don't support black supremacy. I don't support Latino supremacy. I support black, white, Latino improvement. You want to improve your race? I'm all for that. But when it, including me as a conservative, I'm a Christian. I have a conservative views on a lot of things. Um. I don't believe that any religion should sit there and put down another one to lift themselves up. That who, what right do you have to do that? Especially if you consider yourself a Christian, you by definition follow Christ. I never once read a time where Jesus was talking about condemning the the, the uh, Romans who were pagans. He never once said, "Oh, I condemn them. They're you know worshiping false gods." And he never talked about that. He never harshly judged anybody. He would talk about the Pharisees who pretended to be religious when they really weren't, or they pretended to be, you know, like holier than thou when they really weren't. That's as close as I came to finding that, but, or to him talking bad about somebody or talking, well, he's actually just talking honestly about them. But nonetheless, superiority in all of its instances is bad because there's no equality, there's no respect when it comes down to superiority, even in the household. Man is man comes home from work and he sits on his butt and does nothing. Uh-uh. Why does your why does your wife have to get up and and do all the work and keep the house clean and wash the kids and you just put in eight hours and then you come home and you're done? But your wife watches your children, assuming she's not working, and uh, or assuming she's a housewife by her choice. You know, why do you get to sit down on your butt and she has to do all the work? Her work never ends. That's not that's not okay. Again, that's a double standard that benefits the man when he's supposed to be an equal partner. That man is even if you put in eight hours, so what? You're still a father too. You get in there, you change those diapers, you warm up those bottles, you wash the kids. From time to time, you get up there and say, you know what, baby, you go in the in the living room, you relax today. I'm gonna make dinner. Even if you're exhausted. Because double standards don't do anything but damage. They harm more than they heal. They divide us. Look at America right now. We're so divided. I have a number of, of good friends and acquaintances that are openly gay. They know I'm conservative. They know I have my views, but we interact in such a way where they know that I see them as people because that is what I want to see. I don't want, like, one thing I love about Queen Latifah as a sidebar, one thing I love about the actress Queen Latifah is that she doesn't hide behind being gay. That's just a part of her. She's a human first. Secondly, she's a woman. Thirdly, she's an actress. Those are the three things that are major that does define who she is. And I love that. I don't care who you worship. I don't care who you love. 
you're an equal to me. You're a person first. If you're gay, that's just a part of who you are. For the longest time when I was growing up, the, the homosexual community was actually fighting, or excuse me, the, the gay community was fighting for equality. Now it seems like so many in that movement have hijacked it and they're fighting for superiority. I don't know of a single, I don't know of a single gay person that needed help realizing they were gay. Every gay person I've ever met always knew or they found out on their own without anybody telling them, hey, 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 you need to be gay, hey. Why are people sitting there and talking to our kids and brainwashing our kids into believing that there's something they're not when they don't even know who they are yet? And then when we demand, like when, we, when I was growing up, before you can talk about sex ed or watch a video talking about um, the creation or the Big Bang Theory, you had to get a permission slip from your parents because parents have the number one right to treat or teach their kids what they're supposed to learn in terms of right and wrong, a moral right and wrong or religious means. Yet teachers are mis uh, displacing largely what parents, the rights that parents are supposed to have, what the Supreme Court has ruled that parents have dominion to teach their kids right from wrong and moral rights and wrongs, and that no one's allowed to supersede the authority of the parents. So where is this double standard coming now? Why can't you pray openly? As a teacher, you can pray. I mean, you're not allowed to pray in a classroom. You're not allowed to even mention God's name in a classroom. Not God, not Allah, not Yeshua HaMashiach. You're not allowed to talk about Buddha. You cannot talk about anything religious in a classroom in a public school. Yet you can talk about critical race theory. To tell your four-year-old or your five-year-old child that he's going to be racist because of the color of his skin or tell your your nine-year-old black child sorry kid you're a victim you're going to have a harder life just because of the color of your skin you're never going to amount to anything unless you play sports you're telling this kid he's going to fail because of the skin color he has what kind of crap is that when did when when did like common sense go extinct the more we feed into these lies, the more these lies become our truth. But the thing is, is that there's no such thing as your truth. When you hear, when you hear a lot of these people in the, in the LGBTQ plus community talking about, oh, he's living his truth. <laughs> if I'm bankrupt, broke and homeless and I say I'm a millionaire, that's as ridiculous as me saying, oh, I'm living my truth. Dude, you're still poor. Just because you you feel or want to think you're a millionaire doesn't make you a millionaire. Actually having millions of dollars in the bank makes you a millionaire. So living your truth doesn't mean you're living the truth. It just means you're living a delusion that you happen to adopt as true. So at what point are we going to start fighting back? Because look at look at all these uh, all these TV stations and stuff like that, that when conservatives were tired of being brainwashed, they stopped watching. They started losing their, their viewers and stuff like that. They stopped pushing that garbage and they started backing off it because they realized uh, the viewers are the ones that pay the bills. When are we going to start standing up? It's not going to happen anytime soon. You know why? Because the people causing the biggest problems in the, in the United States right now or in the world right now, they're picking fights amongst us. They want us fighting each other so we're not fighting them. Look at the Million Man March when blacks, whites, and Latinos and Asians stood side by side and they marched in peace and solidarity. They got laws changed. How many times have laws been changed after riots? Zero. These politicians out there calling for us to go out and do riots to go out and commit violent acts. How many violent acts and illegal uh, things have they done? None. Because they know people are dumb enough to go out and do their dirty work and go do the time for them. And they're not gonna put any money on your account. They're not gonna write you. They're not gonna go in there and, and wipe that from your record. You're still gonna have that on your record. 
So when going back to my friends, like I have friends that are gay and I love them dearly. I may have different views about how they, I, I believe they should live their life, but I'm not Jesus. I don't have any right to tell somebody how they're supposed to live. If they ask my opinion on something, I have the right to give my opinion. And my friends, when they disagree, they go, well, you know, you have that opinion. You know, I disagree and we'll have a discussion. That's what's not happening today is people aren't discussing things. People are monologuing. Like, kind of like what I'm doing right now. I'm talking and I'm hoping that somebody would be more than willing to to reach out so that they can join me on this on this episode and we can talk a little bit and, and have a dialogue. If I'm missing something, I'd like to know it. And we have a guest. Awesome. So this individual's name is Noble. So let's see. Oh, I lost you. Hello? Hello? Hey, Noble, how you doing, brother? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Welcome to the show. Yeah, I'm glad you said something. I'm always I don't know for sure if they want somebody to come up, but I guess if it's there, that, that means you want somebody to come up, right? Absolutely. So, you know, you said something that really hit home, and, and that is uh, they want us fighting each other. And this is, I mean, the political arena. They want us fighting against each other. They want us fighting against, you know, whites versus blacks. You know, the, they want everything. They want to shield us from what they are doing. And what they are doing is this... I mean, the one percent are are controlling our lives, and quality of life in this country is just uh, it's just diminished in so much in, in forty years that if you don't, even sometimes if you have a college degree, it doesn't matter. But if you don't have a college degree, you're going to be working most likely, uh, if not one, but two jobs without any kind of uh, paid time off or, or health insurance or 401k, a retirement plan. So that means if you do have a family, you won't have time for that family. You won't have uh, the, the ability to save for retirement or have good health care because you won't have health insurance. It's just, uh, it's it's beyond me what, 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 what's been going on in this country for the last, you know, like I said, 40 years. I agree 100%. As a veteran, you know, the American flag always stood for something special. There are countless people who have risked all they had just for an opportunity to get on that boat and see the Statue of Liberty. It was a symbol of freedom. Seeing the American flag fly high was something special. Now it's a symbol of shame. Right. And it's like, I forgot what the percentage is right now of who uh, people that are actually proud. Oh, first I wanna say thank you for your service. My pleasure, and, brother. Thank you. And I always uh, am thankful because it's something that I didn't want to do. And so anybody that would go and do that, you know, I've always admired that. But uh, my dad was in the Army. He didn't fight in the war or anything back in the 60s. And he's not alive anymore. But I always wonder what would he, because he was proud, you know, of, to be American. I wonder how he would uh, feel during this time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he'd be feeling very sad because Absolutely. of the fact that like it's not the same as it once was when i went to iraq and i came back um the day i came back i went to hollywood it was my first time in los angeles walking hollywood i was in my dress blues and there was this massive protest against the war it was there was like two thousand people that were there and they were calling me so many names insulting me left and right and calling me baby killer and murderer and bully and all this and that and when people started defending me, I jumped out and I said, wait, stop, let them, let them speak this way. It's okay. This is what I fought for. And it silenced a lot of people because the illusion today is that free speech is only free speech when you agree with it and it's okay. But no, I've said multiple times in many of my broadcasts that if the KKK were walking down the street and protesting peacefully, although they're speaking their hatred, I would stand between them and other people who intend to stop them, not to support what they say, but to support the right that my brothers and sisters fought and died for. Black and white, Latino, Asian, everybody. We fought for free speech, even if it's abused and misused. 
right. Yeah, that's a, that's all. I mean, that's a good story about uh, how you silence a lot of them. That's yeah, uh, it's just it's the it's the narrative, and I, I've learned I've learned so much. If um, so, if you get cut off, feel free to reach back out. You can you can okay. call back again. Um, I've just learned that uh education is really the key people are not learning about history like like for me personally i'm 100 against the confederate statues coming down i don't like that like do i think right. that a confederate flag should rise be the official flag of a city no i don't think that at all it has no business being there in my opinion but for confederate monuments confederate memorials i think those should stay up because people think that just because someone fought for the confederate army they were pro-slavery that's not true there are many people who fought for the confederate army who detested slavery but the reason the reason why they they um the reason why they fought for the confederate army was because of the fact that they lived in that area and the reason and there were also people in the union army who happened to support slavery but they fought for the union army because of the fact that you know they lived over here in the union so i i know that there are good people and bad people on both sides who are just doing their duty right. and to erase all confederate monuments is to to erase the people who were just doing their duty when they were called right well i don't think i i feel uh i understand where you're, where you're coming from but what about this i mean what if germany kept up nazi memorials you know yeah it's just, it's to me it's like the same it's kind of the same thing where i mean i, I understand where you're coming from where you you're saying that uh, they're like and that's a great point with that for confederate soldiers that didn't uh, believe in slavery and vice versa some northerners that believed in slavery yeah uh, but would you uh, i just think that it's such a uh painful time that i think anything associated with it though has to be uh you know you know it has to be taken away but are you southern no i'm actually uh i live in california oh wow did, did you were you born in the south no i was i was born and raised in sacramento california but i've, I've traveled to virginia doing uh, military responsibilities but like um i've just met people from all over the world and me i'm a seeker of truth not the truth according to black people the truth according to white people i'm a seeker of truth as it is so i take race and color out of it and just seek for actual facts that's what i'm looking for and when like it's not like the you have auschwitz and in germany auschwitz is of course for those who don't know auschwitz is the number one death camp in nazi germany where i believe um i believe like sixty thousand, if not so, like I, it's, an, it's a crazy number of, of Jews right. who were murdered in that camp, but it's still up, and it's not up to like to celebrate that. It's up to remember that this happened, so that the right. deaths of those people are not forgotten. So having Confederate monuments up is not to celebrate, uh, um, you know, slavery or the, or the Civil War, but it's to remember that hate can do this hate can do what was done in Auschwitz superiority and supremacy and double standards can lead to that look what's happening to free speech right now look how in social media one side is overly censored has to walk on eggshells yet the other side doesn't when uh the supreme court overturned roe v wade there were tons of people attacking uh justice clarence thomas calling him a house n-word calling him like all these liberals are calling him all kinds of racist names and not one of them were censored or pulled off or, or had or put inside their little uh, Facebook jail or Twitter prison or whatever. None of them were in trouble for that. But the liberals who call like, if any liberals or excuse me, uh, any conservatives were to say something like that to somebody else. Oh, you get deleted. You get violated, reported. It's interesting how it seems like one side is getting superiority rather than having a dialogue. That's true. Well, that's one thing. I mean, there isn't there's a there isn't any dialogue, and that's what's sad is that I mean, I have a certain political point of view, but I'm not 
uh, I don't engage in arguments with the other side at all because that's what it boils down to usually. Uh, but that's there healthy. Are, there's there's fringes on the on the liberal side. There's uh, fringes on the conservative side that, mm-hmm. and it's. Uh, <laughs> What do you think is going to happen in 2024? Do you have an idea? Um, if the if the people actually get to say on the vote and they don't tamper with it, you know, there's only so much you can say with that situation. I've researched it, and what I saw, I can't deny. Um, if the vote is fair and the people get to say so on the vote, and the electoral college votes according to how the people vote, then I believe that the Republican Party is going to wash out the house and become president that's my my personal opinion because everybody is able to see hindsight's 2020 as they say everybody's able to see now what was really going on and and actually a lot of people people aren't stupid you know society can actually feel the inflation society can see even though they keep trying to say oh yeah you know the gas is over a dollar 50 right now extra because of russia there's too many people pointing out the fact that Within 90 days of Biden taking presidency, gas jumped up a dollar fifty before Russia was even a, a thing. But now that once again, what do they do with Trump? Russia, 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 Russia. Now Trump's out of office and they still haven't beat that. Oh, Russia, Russia, Russia. Russia's the reason why gas is expensive. Like they, they think we're stupid, and sadly, there's a lot of people that won't do the research. So they're falling into this this perspective that Russia is, you know, is honest. They're telling the truth. So we just have to open our eyes. We have another guest, Dr. Robert. So I'm looking forward to talk to Dr. Robert. Hello? Good afternoon. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? Oh, doing pretty good. I'm just going to sit here and do the people's passing through the app. Got it on here. Whoever talking about. Just listening and sometimes I chime in stuff like that. So, uh, but a little story here is that uh, when I was in the fifth grade, I found out I was found out that I was the teacher asked us to learn the fifth state and learn the spelling. So she asked me to go to the board spell Mississippi. I could not spell that word. So what I did is walk to the other side of the board and spell the word backwards. He said, James, you are dyslexic. That is unique. Wow. So, uh, but in the sixth grade, I had a special education teacher. And halfway through that, sixth grade, we integrate. One day I'm getting off the bus. I overheard the vice principal say to two other uh, teachers, why integrate? The black is going to amount to nothing. Hmm. Now, I have a PhD in philosophy, a bachelor's in humanities. I wrote and taught I have wrote and taught uh, basic centrality, man, woman, jealousy, money, and possession courses for over 30 years. Wow. I live a five-bedroom home. Thank you. Own a half an acre. I've been married 28 years. And my biggest issue is getting out there playing in my garden all day. Can you say that one more time? Your biggest issue is what? Getting out there playing in my garden. That's true. That is true. Nobody else is your God. Nobody else is God but your God. I said God. Getting out there playing in my garden. Oh, that they did not defend in your guard? No, I said the most, the biggest issue I have is getting out there playing my God. Oh, okay. How so? Like, what? Uh, can you elaborate a little more on that? Playing in my God. It's uh, getting out there playing in my my plant, my vegetables. Uh, 
one year, I could name a course and just got out there and talked to it and said, grow big enough to eat. Then my wife cooked it and we ate it. So, so. Okay. Like that. That's, that's actually really good. I mean, it's, it's impressive to have a life you're proud of. And you know that, and I, I have seen, and history has actually shown us, and I, I apologize for misunderstanding as well in, in, in the words. Um, that's okay. So what I have seen and what history has shown is that when you let black people have a chance, we will rise. Like the, the red tails have done it time and time again. And in the Civil War, when blacks were able to fight for their own selves, for their own freedom, you know, for their own country, they rose to the uh, to uh, they rose up and, and did and rose to the standard. They rose to the occasion when you let women stand up and say, let's go. We need your help. Like during World War One, when they needed bombs and, and all these men were at war and and they needed help back at home. And there was all these women who didn't have children. They're like, we can do it. I think I forget her name, but the yeah. woman that you always see her flexing her muscle, women were standing up and they rose to the occasion as well. So the whole purpose of this is that if you t- if we take away the double standards in society now and just sh- treat each other equally, all of us will rise to the occasion and all of us will thrive. And dialogue is so much safer and so much more um, uplifting than a monologue can be. Where like arguing with somebody doesn't lift either of you guys up. It's the arguing is I'm right, you're wrong. That's it. Even if a person brings facts, you're like, I'm right, you're wrong. It's a contest. But like when we're sitting here and we're just having a dialogue, there are people who have other opinions. Like like noble uh noble noble Rob, when he was talking, you know, he had a difference of opinion about Confederate monuments. Excuse me. And I respected that because every every person has a um, every person has a recipe of ingredients that makes up who they are. So it's so important for us to have that dialogue and recognize that every person has the right to their opinion. And it's okay for somebody to have a different opinion. People don't have to always agree with you. And that's why double standards are, are so dangerous is because people are saying either you agree with me or you don't. Like in when did it become a fact quote unquote, I use that term loosely because it's not a fact, but when did it become a societal norm that either you support homosexual sexual lifestyles and a homosexual lifestyle or you're a bigot? No, that's not true because like, like I've said earlier, I have a friend, I have friends and acquaintances who are openly gay and I love them dearly and I would protect them just like I would protect a member of my own church because- Okay, I'm stop you right there. Uh-huh. Um, old saying uh, from Dragnet just the fact ma'am, just the fact so keeping the fact uh, right I mean you said right the first time it's, it is it's all about you and the facts that you do what you do absolutely so, uh, it's all about the facts ma'am that's what Dragnet would always say just keep it to the facts, ma'am. To the facts. Yeah. yeah. And look, look what happens when you seek truth. You have great opportunities because, like, uh, where I work, I actually talk. You know, I talk out loud about things that I've learned, fun facts and stuff like that. <laughs> and there are other people that you know. Of course, I'm talking to other people, so they'll hear me. And sometimes, um, some of them will say, "Actually, I've I've learned this." And then, you know, we'll research it together, and we'll both find the truth about something that we may have received or, or researched. And we both learn together. Like the only thing that happens when you're looking for truth is you find it and you improve it or you improve on yourself. That's right. So why, why are people scared of dialogues? Is it, is it because that maybe somewhere in their mind, they're afraid that they're wrong? Uh, I say it like this. It might be right for you. It doesn't mean it's right for me or anybody else. Okay. Right. You but it doesn't mean not to be right for me. So you write for you, I'm right for me. So and, uh, when people argue with me about something, that's the way I leave it. Okay. I think I agree with that statement to a point. And my my opinion on it, if you, if you allow, my opinion is yes. that when it comes down to 
it may be right for uh, for you, but not right for me. I believe that is conditional upon religious based uh, religious based opinions or, or perspectives, as well as uh, subjects of morality. But fa- like actual facts, such as if you don't breathe, you die. If you don't eat food or drink water, you die. If you step off a building without anything to keep you up, you're going to die because gravity will pull you down. Like actual factual things are factual, regardless of a person's opinion. Like an example of this is people like people have adopted this perspective for some reason in society that if you don't agree with something, it can't be true. And that's completely false because it's not true. That's right. Exactly. Like, so again, if I sit there and go, okay, I don't agree that gravity is going to pull me down. I'm going to stand on this building and I'm going to walk up the side. I do not agree. Or do I believe that I'm going to fall down to my death? And then you walk off the side of the building and splat, you die. Just because you don't believe in something doesn't make it false. And just because you believe in something doesn't make it true. Now, I can say I agree with the concept of gravity and I believe that if I step off this building, I'm going to die. But it doesn't make it any more true. Because true, or actual factual truth is truth regardless of the opinions of other people. It's true. It doesn't matter. Like, you know, the sun rises in the daytime and it sets in the evening. That's a fact, regardless if I support it or not. So that's what my 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 um, my concept of dialogue entails, is that I'm seeking for actual truth. I'm going to find actual truth. But it's important to not reject something just because we disagree with it. It's important to, like, sift. Because one thing that we all have to recognize is that truth can come from the mouth of a hypocrite and it does <laughs> it can and it hurts but believe me it's sometimes the most effect the most effective truth we will receive like there was this time for me personally when i wanted to improve myself and um i used to get around this group of guys and i would always insult you know insult other people and start just making jokes about other people and just kind of being a bully and i wanted to improve myself and these guys with whom i used to like associate they were you know they were cool guys they you know i enjoy being around them and stuff like that and but i wanted to improve myself so i had asked them like i couldn't stop being something i was to accommodate them so i had to make a change myself so what i did was i enlisted their help and i asked them like hey um would you do me a favor and they're like what's up it's like i would i want to better myself i want to stop um, I want to stop making fun of people. Like, there's no subliminal in this for you. I'm just, this is something I want to do for me. So every time I make fun of somebody or say something about somebody else that I shouldn't say, will you do me a favor and call me out on it? Because I want to stop. And they smile. They're like, oh, heck yeah. A couple of times I did it and they kept making fun of people and they kept calling me on it. And it was embarrassing, but it helped me stay accountable. And I stopped. That act actually left me because I asked them to help. And those guys were good enough to help me. And as a result, when they saw I was sincere about it, they stopped. I never asked them to stop. I never told them they needed to. But they stopped because I lived the example I believed to be true. And I felt that if I was going to be a Christian, I couldn't be a Christian on Sunday and whatever on the rest of the week. I needed to be a Christian. Like, period. That was what I believed and that's what I needed to do. Like, there's no such thing as a part-time Christian. You either are or you're not, you know, according to according to my understanding of Christianity. So that's why I I didn't want a double standard on that and saying, you know, I, you know, while I'm in church, I'm going to sit there and praise God. And when I get out, you know, I'm going to be a hypocrite. So that's what I was really trying to uh, I was trying to accomplish. I really wanted to improve. I really wanted to grow and I really want to make sure that I can be a better person. Now, I just wanted to once again just kind of focus on the dangers of these double of these double standards in marriage you can't sit there whether you're husband or wife or however your marital or relation romantic relationship situation is you can't set standards for one person or one member of that marriage or relationship and not be accountable likewise 
You don't get to work only eight hours and come home and sit on your butt and do nothing. And then your significant other, your spouse also works, whether as a housewife or whether having a job and then come home and then they have to work while you sit on your butt. No, you're a teammate. You get off your butt and you go help out as well. Both you guys are supposed to be partners. You can't sit there and abuse as a man. You cannot sit there and talk badly and disrespectfully to your wife or the mother of your child and then demand that when you have a daughter and she starts dating, demand that boys respect your daughter. It doesn't work that way. We have to be fair. You have to be respectful. You have to be consistent. If you want to protect your daughter, for those of you who have daughters, if you want to protect your daughter, you respect and love her mother because she's going to re- she's going to measure the type of man she marries based off the type of man her mom married. So if you treat her mother with respect, even if she doesn't deserve it, you treat her with honor and respect and dignity and you help her and show her that you love her by your actions instead of making her a slave for your your convenience, then your daughter is very likely to make sure that she will not settle for anything less when men, these dogs start coming around trying to hump her legs. She's going to be like, nah, you won't even open the door for me? Uh Uh-uh, my dad opened the door for my mom every day, even when they fought. If you ain't going to open the door for me, you don't even get your foot in the door with me. And the same thing, you protect your son by showing him how to be a man. By loving him, regardless of how he wants to live his life. Of course, you make sure they know what you believe to be true, but you accept and love them for who they are and do your best. You're going to fail. There's going to be times where you're just going to fail. It's just, it's just going to happen. It happens. No parent's perfect. But the, the, you can give a perfect effort by not giving up. So in closing, I just wanted to say that I encourage each one of us, everyone listening right now, please don't tolerate double standards. Don't let them happen. They're not worth it. If you tolerate double standards, you're going to help people become weak. And you're going to help deteriorate this beautiful country. Thank you so much for spending time with me on Real Talk with RJ. Signing out.